This week's episode of Aussie Tech Ed is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au. Also brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal and 300 other one-click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your webpage is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, athwebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. Welcome to episode 703 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 19th of November, 2020. I'm your host, Glenn Goodman. Wait, no, I'm not. Where is he? He was supposed to be here tonight, and he's done R-U-N-N-O-F-T. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co-host, Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. None of us look like Glenn. What's going on? Uh, he's went to bed early or something. I'm what a piker. I reckon. People he's, paying good money for this. He said he had something to do, but, you know, I think he just wanted to, like, go to bed. He's upset by the outcome of the state of origin last night and he's recovering. <laughs> People pay good money to see him. They wouldn't pay that for us. It's all all for him. He's oh. the star of the show. What did I say? Even if we are the Australia's top two podcasters. <laughs> what did I say? Throwing away good money after bad? Is that the expression? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our stuff up your end. Or up your end. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if that's any of your business, actually. <laughs> Are even, you in even, God's own? Even my doctor doesn't ask me that. <laughs> um, Dr. Proctor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, been hot. Been really yeah. hot. Stupidly, insanely hot. Um, yep, still hot. Nearly 30 degrees in here. Um, oh, and that's what? I just oh, got the fan going. It's like no AC tonight. Quarter past nine of a night. Still 30 degrees. Uh. Um, but yeah, uh, and if it hasn't been hot, it's been raining. And if it hasn't been raining, it's been really, really windy. So, you know, there's that. I might have a stray feral hair trying to attack me. But anyway. um, <laughs> I don't see a rabbit in Those rabbits up here, you got to watch them. Uh, <laughs> I thought they built a great wall to keep the rabbits out. That's why we've only got hairs now, not rabbits, see? Eh? Ah, and yeah. cane toads. That's it. Oh, yeah, and cane toads. <laughs> Brain of my existence, those things. So we got actually, around here, I've noticed the last couple of years there's been a resurgence of frogs they're starting to get their own back i think and here i went to close the um front and back doors earlier about an hour ago right out the front door in the porch loud frog so 
So I closed that, shut him up, went to the back door. There's another bloody one out the back. <laughs> I've never had that before. And I'm like, close that door as well because they're just like, constantly. And I'm like, man, drive me up the wall. Well, that usually means there's rain coming. Ah. Well, it's possible we've had threats of rain and high temperatures as well. We might even get up to like 33 degrees or 35 by Monday. I'll have to check, but I think our coolest has been this week's been 33 or 34. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we hit 40 or something on like Monday. Oh. You're not at Cubapedia. It's you? not even summer yet. Well, I mean, I don't no. technically, but it, it's not even summer yet. It doesn't usually hit till like mid January or something. Oh, at least, usually the day before Christmas. It gets, yep. it goes from like 28 to 35 overnight. <laughs> <laughs> So. And then when it gets to daytime, watch out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, no, I mean, we're still the, the the storms are the biggest problem because there's so many people still reeling from all this hail damage from a couple of weeks ago. There's, there's houses that, I mean, assessors aren't even, you know, the assessor that come, we got our house done today, um, got our car written off last week by a different assessor. Um and the guys for the house come today, although I won't hear anything until next week about it. But he's saying that um just their current uh jobs that they've assessed, like so yep. just the ones he's done so far, not including the ones he's got booked. You know, he's he's averaging five assessments a day and he's been working seven days for two weeks so far. Oh, jeez, so, he'd be driving around everywhere. Yeah, you know, however many what's that, fourteen days at five what's that, like seventy assessments or something he's done so far. Just him. Jeez. Yeah. There's more in his who do his company. He said the company that they're working for is already at a two year backlog. Oh just to complete the, the work start. just to complete the work they've already quoted on and there's only you know, then he said there's probably another three months of just assessment work to be done. Yikes. So I said it could be five, six, seven years before some of these houses get looked at. The problem is that a lot of them now are easy to repair and perfectly livable, but although you might not be able, they might not have a roof at the moment, but they're still okay. Yeah. Problem is, in five years' time, by the time they get to them, it's no longer just a roof repair. The entire house has got to be knocked down and rebuilt because it's it's going to be destroyed. It's bad, yeah. You know, so not only are people not going to have somewhere to live for the next four or five years because they can't sell the house because no one's going to buy it. And if they're renting, I mean, okay, you can probably rent somewhere else. But if you, you know, <laughs> what do you, if you own Nobody's the house. Nobody's paying you know, the mortgage on that house. Yeah, that's it. And it's an unlivable dwelling and you can't be there and they're not going to fix it. So the thing's going to run down and deteriorate. So in five years time, you're not going to, here's your 50 grand to, you know, here's your 20, 30 grand to repair your roof. Yeah, yeah. great. What do I do with the rest of the house? It's now a pile of mildew on the ground you know like it's uh, and assuming place it hasn't, is still livable assuming it hasn't been looted yeah um the place like ours we're still livable so it, it's fine like there's a, f a few things they do, would do straight up like they repair the skylight so it doesn't leak and you know yeah. there's a few critical things they do straight away which they can do relatively quickly or i can get somebody else to do on their behalf replace broken windows and you know basic stuff Chuck a bunch of tarps on um Oh, we got tin roofs, so we're all right in that regard. Yep. But tarps are only a temporary solution. They only they they don't in strong winds and rain they don't seal the place up. No, Water still no. gets in, you know. So they're not really they If we don't get rain for the next month or so, it'd be okay for a lot of people. But 
once we start getting constant rain, coming in the summer, we get more and more rain. Um, and, and storms for you guys more storms stronger winds stronger rain potentially more hail we've already had one minor hail storm come through again oh good um, I, I actually live streamed on my Facebook page um, yep. we, we missed the hail we actually missed it we're literally a, like we're two houses back from the intersection down the main road yeah people on the, on the main road copped the hail and copped the storm we're two houses back and we got some of the wind. That was it. <laughs> so You should have done that the first time, man. What didn't you think of that? We dodged a bullet that time. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and, and the thing is, it's not a simple procedure. Like every house he's visited has been a complete re-roof, re-gutter at, at le- and replaced the solar panels. And that's the minimum pretty much yep. every job he's been to. There's more. There's some where they've re- had to replace entire fences and they've had to replace, you know, entire structures that have been collapsed. And, and so, that barbecue. Yeah, I'm getting a new barbecue. Yeah. New wheelbarrow. <laughs> I don't know if I showed that picture, but... <laughs> you can't be- yeah, you yeah. can't believe it going through the through wheelbarrow. Yeah, you know, oh, so um, there's a lot of stuff I didn't worry about. Like, there's a lot of, you know, Cam's toys in the sandpit and stuff like that. They got totaled, but it was like... They're going to get the the cheap toys. They're going to chucked out at some point anyway. So they're going to get totaled you know, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like that. I didn't worry about stuff that's, um, yeah, five ten bucks here, whatever. Not, not fast, yeah. but he's saying that some people do. Some people literally claim everything. Yeah. Like he's had people claim pegs on their clothesline, and <laughs> it's just like seriously. I had so, this lovely bunch of roses down the end of the path there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, there, there was one lady... I need saying, $600 now. There's one lady who was saying she wanted to get all her pots. Like, all her pots got smashed. Yep. She's an elderly lady, you know, I can understand that she wanted to claim. He's like, I they're not part of the house contents. Like, they, <laughs> they, they don't class, the, you know, he's like, he felt really bad. He's yeah. like, look, I can put the assessment in, but they're not going to accept it, you know. Yeah. And you shouldn't um, be smoking that stuff at your age anyway. <laughs> so, but, you know, and that was the thing. He said, you know, sometimes they're just frivolous claims for the sake of it because people think, you know, they've got, they might as well use up all their insurance that they can. Um, hey, cousins, have you got any <laughs> old cars you want new for old? Yeah, oh, yeah, much. they they were totally parked in the backyard. How come these look like cricket bats? Well, they don't count anyway. No, no, no. Well, they don't, having, as I found out, I've got, so our Camry, which was our daily, it got written off. And then down the back, I had two project cars. I had my work ute, which I had to had it temporarily unregistered because I had to fix it. And it was yep. down the back beside the X-Trail, which I had to replace the gearbox in. Um, so neither of them were insured with car insurance because they were off the road. Yep. I had workshop insurance with project insurance, and I assumed they would be covered under project insurance because they're projects. But because they weren't in the shed, they weren't covered under the project insurance. But if they were in the shed, they wouldn't have get demolished. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the X trail. I like that nice little loophole we got in there. We don't got to pay you nothing, no. mate. So the X trail got um, written off, like it's destroyed, oh, broken good. windscreen and guards and stuff. Thankfully, the Ute scathed with a few dints, but nothing major, like nothing got broken on it, so that worked out okay. And I, That'll buff out. I, I got it fixed, but um, well, it was already previously hail damaged anyway, so. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I'm like, well, what am I paying project insurance for then? Like, what's what's the point? Because 
if my workshop catches on fire and my car's in the workshop, then it would be covered under contents insurance because the workshop's caught on fire. If my car's outside my workshop catches on fire, well, I don't need it because my workshop's covered under contents insurance and my car's safe. So why do I have project insurance? What? Why are you charging yeah. me excess to have coverage on a project when you're not going to cover the project unless it's in an area that would be covered by contents insurance anyway? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so that was annoying. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you're not getting any more dollars out of me son oh, it's it's dumb but yeah anyway so hopefully next week we'll find out what our options are and everything like that and we can start not costing see this is the other thing too because the solar panels have been damaged our power bill's gone up we've gone from being a hundred dollars oh, yeah. in credit to actually paying a couple hundred bucks you know like not generating anything so it's costing us money mm. as well it's so. not what you need right now it's not the ideal situation, I say. No. But I shouldn't complain too much. There's a whole heap of people far worse. So, far worse out, out your way, isn't it like mining territory? There is, yeah, some so how, mines. how old's Cam? <laughs> he's not going to make a few extra bucks. Then <laughs> yeah. he's got a great big hole you can play in. Just make sure you bring a lot of coal back with nah, you. Nah, it's all, um out this way, it's all like gravel mining and stuff. There used it? to be coal mine coal mines forever ago but they shut them down yeah um, once a few of them collapsed and killed some people apparently it got dangerous or something there's still a lot of um, possible collapsing places out there isn't it yeah there's a lot that you you can really tell when the weather's dry where the shafts are because suddenly the ground has a six inch wide and forever deep hole in it that wasn't there the day before yeah you know um and a lot of the explorative mines, like not the main shafts, but a lot of the ones where they dug off to find seams and stuff, they're not marked. So they, uh. a lot of them, they don't even know where because they never bothered to mark them because there's nothing there. So there's there's a whole heap of mine shafts that they don't even know anything about. Oh, don't want to be out there. So that doesn't help. <laughs> End up with a big sinkhole in your backyard. It, or it happens. Underneath your house. It doesn't happen often, thankfully, but it does happen. Yeah. Um, there was one in the middle, right smack bang in the middle of Ipswich a couple of years ago. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it just literally just, it was fine. And then, like, thankfully it happened at like three o'clock in the morning. Yep. This massive big sinkhole opened up right at a four-way intersection and took out the entire intersection, just fell into the ground. <laughs> oh, God. And only like, I think there was only like one car. You know, but if that had happened at, peak hour that would have had 40 50 cars in that hole yeah you know were you insured for that <laughs> hey are you sure the car is written <laughs> off well we can't find it yeah i mean it may be you perfectly... could go down there on a very long <laughs> rope and you go have an assess look at it and you tell me whether it's written off or not yeah well i mean it might be perfectly fine go down tell where me where it is, is. <laughs> <laughs> just... no it looks good to me <laughs> just got a couple of scratches Here's 50 bucks. Get a couple of helium balloons and we'll just float it out of there. <laughs> How strong is your quadcopter these days? <laughs> just get uh, a couple of those little DJIs, minis with the 4K cameras. Well, there's, there's a guy who um, turned a quad. He made a quadcopter that he flies around in himself. Oh, like, yeah, I saw that one. That yeah. was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's some other guy who's got a jetpack and he's flying past passenger airline planes. I think it's over in the US. 
They're like, what the hell was that? A guy just flew past here. People it, looking out the window. This is lovely. What the hell? So if you want to um, want to check out some pretty cool um, designs and gadgets and stuff, check out Hackersmith Industries. Yep. Um, they're, he's like the Tony Stark of the real world. Like they literally make, like he's literally made the the photon fire thing. He's literally made like the chest piece thing, the helmet that closes around his face and has all the heads up display with all the night vision and stuff. Like they make all this stuff. Um, oh, yeah. They literally just made a lightsaber that can cut through pretty much anything. He made Thanos's glove. Yeah. Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, they make amazing products. They're absolutely amazing. If you want to, it's crazy. Yeah, um, they made a half-sized um, Cybertruck. They've, you know, they just make amazing products. It's f- so fascinating to watch what they come up with. Wow, um, man! And um, he loves, you know, obviously they love it. But uh, yeah, if you want to want to kill a few hours just watching some fantastic builds, yeah, go and check that out because it, it, like he made uh, exoskeleton. Han Solo, um, Blaster, Doom Fist, lightsabers, Wakandan shields. Yep. Thor's hammer, Rainbow Six shield, boring flamethrower. One of my friends tried to order one of those boring flamethrowers from the US and it got the custom. <laughs> but the customs had a field day with it. And they're like, no, no, no. And he says, but it says, it. <laughs> it says on it, not a flamethrower. It's written on there. <laughs> It's only a replica. He was very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, they made exoskeletons. They've made all sorts of stuff. Like it's yeah, they're just fantastic. He, he made a something isobaric or something a sleep chamber. Yeah, he was trying. There was a professor like a hundred years ago had this concept that you'd sleep for like fifteen minutes every two hours. Or something like that, and it was a far more productive routine than having one big block of, block of sleep. Oh, right. So he made this soundproof, lightproof chamber that you'd yep. go into, and you'd it would automatically start the timer once you fell asleep, and it would time you for however it was fifteen minutes or twenty minutes or whatever it was, and it would wake you up, and then you'd go up and do your other stuff, and two hours later it would it would beep at you and let you know you got to climb back in and. Oh, all right. Yeah, so he just did that all day. He reckons it worked really well. He, it took him a couple of weeks to change his routine. Yeah. Um, but he said he, he yeah, he got like measurably like 25% more pro- productive doing it this way. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it completely impossible to socialize or to have a life outside <laughs> the thing. But That would suit me well then. <laughs> if you want productivity, he said it's, it's, there's nothing better. Yeah. <laughs> So. Suddenly, Amazon puts in an order for a couple of thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. Get out there and pack their boxes. I can't. I've got to stop for 15 minutes. All right, hurry up. <laughs> so. Anyway, and I suppose. We've got some peoples up here and down there going past. Well, now we do. We do. There goes one. They're, they're uh... different this time. See, I fixed it. <laughs> Yeah, so you can um, if you if you like what we do, and I, I don't really understand why you would, but apparently there's at least five people who enjoy what we do, and uh, you can go to patreon.com uh, slash Aussie TechEds, and um, you can check us out there. And there's different patr- uh, tier levels there if you want to do that. Johnny um, says it should be of all right, <laughs> you know. 
That's it. Um, so, yeah, so we've got a few different tier levels there. Help us, support us with through Patreon. Um, we've also got a just a, a ko.fi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every time, son. You need KO to change dash that FI. One It's on. right up there. I just say it wrong. <laughs> It's ko-fi.com slash aussietechers if you want to just give us a bit of cash or you can also do it through um, there's a paypal.me as well if you wish we can just to do a one-off or whatever we you can do it well that way. get one of those Facebook pay accounts and people can pay through Facebook. This is a new thing I only just discovered today. I have to look into that. Um, it's been around for a while. Yeah, I know, but I've sort of only just discovered it. I, I know I've sort of seen it there, but I've never actually paid any attention to it. Because <laughs> um, it's Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. Who pays attention to Facebook? So yeah, obviously we're not we're not ad supported. We don't we don't make revenue on YouTube or through any of our um, our sponsors aren't paid sponsors. They're just like our hosts for the show. Um, but I do want to thank uh, Kate and Bouncing Ice Skull and Daniel and Amanda and David and Chris. For your um, Patreon support, so that really helps us out at the end of the month. We know that we can pay for our streaming software and a couple other bits and pieces. Appreciate and it. we also have Andrew Andrew G in the house. E word uh, is a PayPal donator who uh, who pays us through that way as well. So yeah, you know, as I said, we're, we're, you know, it gives us a good incentive to uh, any way you want to give us money, we'll take it. <laughs> We'll just take your money, you know. You, where's your Bitcoin account, son? You still haven't <laughs> set it up. We said that one last week. Bitcoin. I got. Uh, I got a. Um, where's your Q code? I got. A, you want some Australia coin? I got Australia coin. You yeah. want? You want Australia coin? <laughs> Put your QR code up my, on the screen. My ten thousand Australia coins are worth about eight dollars at the moment. So eight dollars, <laughs> man. Remember when they were worth 12? Those were the days. <laughs> Remember when you could mine it? Those were the days. You can. Well, you <laughs> You still can. It's it might like, take you a year to get one, but you can mine it. Yeah. There's actually a guy doing I was reading on one of the uh, Facebook... Um, oh, no, it was in the, in the uh, Discord. Um, yep. There's a guy that's actually doing fairly decent. $7.82. $7.82? That's for mine. Man, you must have some. I've got 5,000 or 5,500 that's worth $2. Oh, wait. Why is that set to pound? Yes, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I got about the same in mine 782, so. Hang on. Yours a must be about that. Let's go to. to you would think it would default to Australian dollars given it that says it's Australia, Australia coin. coin, not Pommy coin, son. Uh, What's your governor? So. Uh, what are we now? There you go, five dollars thirty. There you go. There you go. So if you'd like to donate five and a half thousand Australia coin, that's about five bucks. <laughs> we still uh, didn't see your QR code. I know it's because they've changed the app and I can't find anything now. Uh, it used to, it used to just have the thing. Receive website not available. Yeah, that's that's great. That is that helps. <laughs> Can you focus? Can you focus? There it is. It's the big button that says receive. At the bottom. Yeah, I might stop updating so it's not loading anything yet. This is oh. the first, I only just put it back on this phone because it's on your phone. I've only just put it on here and this is the first time it's updating. Oh, I love it. Like, I I actually can get nearly four days. Like, I put my phone on charge on the way home from work on Friday in the car. So, it's usually fairly well charged by the time I get home. I can go through the whole weekend and put it on charge going to work Monday. Like, yeah. it's just, it. I love it. Um, oh, there we go. There's my QR code. There. 
Oh, yeah, that, that works fantastic. Because <laughs> it's reflecting your green screen back off your monitor. That's awesome, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so it's it's great. I, I, the, it still bugs me with the stupid screen on whenever it wants to thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mine but, was dialing 600 different numbers the other day. But, well, see, I've got a... I've got a um a swipe screen. Google? I've got a swipe screen password, so yeah. it stops it from dialing. But what uh, mine somehow when you turn it on, it has to click emergency. It has to go to the phone there. Oh, an emergency. Across, and then somehow also click emergency call and then it starts typing. <laughs> At least I won't go and through. I'm like, that's three touches that you have to do in my pocket in specific places. Before you start doing random, and it doesn't. At least it won't go through. Mine does the torch all the time because I've got a torch quick button down here. Oh, yeah. And so it always just turns the torch on. And I pull it out of my pocket and the torch on. I'm like, oh, that's probably the main reason my battery goes fast. Son, <laughs> son's it. like, is that a torch in your pocket or are you happy to see me? No, it's a... You said it could be two things. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean I have options? So, yeah. so yeah, so I've got this and I've got the, the Xiaomi... Um, sports watch thingy wristband thing and it's fantastic as well scales the scales which i'm still too heavy for but i'm working on that <laughs> yeah um me too i mean if you want to know i've also got this thing here which is the wow stick wow um, it's that um I, it's actually to, it says 69 <laughs> and i'm not sure is that no it's actually a high a, um, magic wand no it's a um screwdriver ah sonic yeah. screwdriver it's um got. You tell me you're the doctor. It's got heaps of bits. Like this, this case here is just. It's got wow. yeah, like eighty bits or something. It comes so with. What do you do with this? And then a desk that like sits in, sits on the stand on the desk. It's it's literally um, it's a, uh, like for, your small screw bits and your small driver bits and your small like oh. for pulling phones and appliances and. Yeah. Um. It even comes with a. I might as well show you, I suppose. Ugh, if I can take all the stuff out of the box. Um, so that's a USB rechargeable. So it's an electric, comes with a light, which is great. It's actually nice to have the light too. Yep. Uh, it comes with a, um, so this is a magnetic mat so that all your bits and screws and everything that you put on here um, stay. will stay on, on the mat and they don't roll away. So that's yep. pretty cool. Um, and it also comes with, in the accessories box here, I thought so, you said we didn't have any sponsors. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so if you're doing, um, it comes with small jars to keep all your screws and stuff in. Oh. It comes with a magnetizer. So if you've got a normal screwdriver that you're using and the bit's not magnetic, you can run it through the magnetizer and make it magnetic. Um, oh, man, it's a shame Simon's not here. I bet he'd love this. It's also got, for pulling apart phones, the new phones that you're not supposed to get into. Yeah. It comes with a... Does it have any of those star head screw? Yeah, heaps of them. It comes with a suction cup and uh, and an opener to actually get into the the phones as well. Oh, right. Um, and the USB charging cable, obviously. And oh, it's fantastic. It comes with yeah, so many different. Well, sixty odd. My Omega's got those star torque screws in it, but luckily my jeweler's screwdriver can fit in there. The flathead. Yeah, small flathead can. Um, but yeah, it comes with a heap of different Torx bits. Um, comes with Torx bits, comes with secure bits, comes with Phillips, comes with flat, comes with triangle. 
Like this little Do you know bits. how many partial sets of tools that I've got yes. that are like that? And if I had all of it tiered nicely together yep. in a set. Yeah, and or you can even make your own. So say you have one of multiple bits that you find your favorite. So these come out like this and they all come out on a carousel. So you can all pick right. a bit. <laughs> but you can edit, customize these to however you want. So then you end up with your favorite drivers and you yep. put into the case and then you put your bit... You put your, your actual screwdriver into the case and and you've got That's everything it. in there. And you've I've got, got two screwdrivers that have got those magnetic bits that you put. One of them, you screw the back end off and you put them in there and the other one, they slide in the side. One of them's got slots for about five or six, but there's one. Yep. And the other one's in the end. The others, where they gone, about, I don't know. I've got about five of these things. Yep. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they, at one, once upon a time, they had things in them and... That's all gone. <laughs> I don't now. So where did they go? Is this like the underpants gnomes from South Park or something? Yeah, that's it. So this is like I think it's it's not super cheap. It's like fifty bucks for the whole. Like you can buy just the wow stick and one thing. I think it's like forty bucks or the entire kit for fifty five or something. Is that Kogan or something? Um, yeah, Kogan. That's I get most of my Xiaomi stuff off Kogan because they have an official store on there. Um. So it doesn't fall down, but yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of their their products in general, obviously. But Sweet. that has already paid for itself a couple of times <laughs> over that thing. So even like Cam's got a couple of radio control cars that normal screwdrivers don't fit into the battery yep. compartment, and that's just perfect for that. Nice, nice. So. Oh, I suppose we should do a bit of news. Probably. I mean, it's only been it's what the show's about. It's only been half an hour. <laughs> TPG Telecom's new low-cost sub-brand Felix has launched with a single plan costing $35 a month and capping speeds at 5 megabits a second. The telco unveiled plans for Felix mid last month using a name registered previously by Vodafone Australia. It has now launched its website which where it offers a single flat rate 35 a month service that runs off the Vodafone 3G 4G network and with speeds capped at 5 meg. At that speed, it said video should still be viewable, albeit at a standard definition quality. We would recommend downloading or updating large files, for example, over 100 meg, such as syncing cloud storage, as this may be slow to load. The basic plan includes calls and text to Australia numbers, and $5 a month add-on allows for standard calls and text from Australia to over 40 selected countries. Additionally, there's an international roaming option available for the same countries for $20 a year. On paper, Felix's pen construct is similar to that of Telstra's low-cut subsidiary brand Belong. However, the key difference is Belong's plans come with data quotas, after which users must either buy top-ups or face throttling to 64 kilobits a second. Optus is also planning to bring Singtel's low-cost GoMo mobile brand to Australia soon, meaning all three major telcos will have their own low-cost subsidiaries. I still think we're going to stick with uh, Aldi for my daughter's account, though. Yeah, our work phones um, was it fine. was Audi, but we changed from Audi to I want to uh, um the one I can never remember, not belong. That's the weird name one. Um, uh, I say it wrong all the time too, but I can't think now. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm Asim. I'm Asim. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that the one that we were talking about? It's going away. I don't know. I still can't. I don't know if they're going away. Um, 
Well, there's one that was shutting down, selling off everything. Yeah, I think, well, that, that, I, I have heard one. I have heard that that's what they're doing, but at the same time, um, yeah, sorry, I'm just shifting the cameras around because they're all out of whack. Don't, don't mind me. Um, I have heard they're going away, but at the same time, they've just released new plans, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were going to go away, then realise that actually maybe it's more beneficial. Well, now everybody's going to have one of these things. They're like, oh, well, we'll 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 come back and join in. I mean, there's got there's got to be. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's there's... no, that's that's actually you. That's not me. That's what you look like. <laughs> there's there's got to be um, people who want that kind of thing. There's got to be customers for it. Otherwise, why is every single one going to do it? So if it me seems like, well, I'm going to run away and then everyone else is like, well, we'll bring ours out, mm. then there's got to be support for it. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So I Yeah, know. I know. And this is the... I don't get... Um, it's weird that you would shut down something that you've literally, like... It's becoming so popular. Like you, you, t- you look at their sign up figures and stuff, and they're doing really well. And so I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. But that's why I'm not a telco, I suppose. Yeah. Because I mean, mm-hmm. even Audi, like they, they use. I think they use the Optus network. I think, or they resell a Telstra. No, they're a Telstra reseller, aren't they? Yeah. Um. It's going to be interesting with them though, because they've never offered 4G previously they only ever offered two and three oh, okay but they're gonna have to go to four because three is supposed to be going away soon um apparently so i don't know so we've got like um amazing dodo tpg optus woolies mobile coles mobile australian super mobile spintel like a mobile let's be around forever ii net uh, everybody's got accounts for them. New mobile. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, and that's why I don't understand. Like, but the thing is, they're not only like their budget range, which is kind of weird because half of them offer more features and services than their good quality parent companies. Moose, Moose Mobile. <laughs> Moose mobile. I've not heard of Moose Mobile. What the hell no. is that? I wish we had Mint here, just because then we could have uh, Ryan Reynolds doing the. Or Ting. For <laughs> Ting they got in the US. Yeah, Mint's Canadian. That's from the guys who had two cows, I think it was. They launched a telephone network and, well, reseller and called it Ting. So, I don't know. We'll just wait. I guess that's going to come down to what what you want to do. There was talk that, um, I want to say it was Vodafone, but I can't remember exactly, was going to do like a, t- a tablet Oh, yeah. But not in the traditional sense, more like a Tesla style where it would be like for a car or for a a hard-mounted tablet that you needed to just use data. But you like, Yeah, like you might not use any data for a period of time and then you're going to use a whole heap all at once and then you won't use anything for a while, you know, especially for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so it was like a... I'm just enamored by this Moose Mobile. <laughs> Moose Mobile used the full Optus 4G network. Oh. And you know what they got at the moment? It's, you ready? There's it's, it's a Chris Moose 
special oh, no. deal. You can sign up for Chris Moose. No, no. All the no's. Just because I'm specifically not now. <laughs> it's Chris Moose. Um, have I never heard of Have you heard of Moose before? No. We got Mate, our arm on the pulse of the uh, technology. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows how long they've been? Any tell, mate? Good mates. Who knows how long they've been around too? I've never heard of them. Like, but then again, there's so many. Like, somebody mentioned Boost the other day, and it's been that long since I've even heard their name. It took me a second to register who they were. You know, like. Uh, did I tell you the story when I went into Telstra one time and this woman was yelling at them because when she checked her voicemail on boost it said hello welcome to telstra voicemail please type in your passcode to start setting up your account she said i'm not with telstra i'm with boost and it's <laughs> you know it's the same no 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 i didn't sign. i don't want you double charging me you're just trying to double charge me for telstra and boost accounts and i don't want to pay twice like you're not you're not paying twice we own boost it's our brand no when i ring up and listen to the voicemail. It says, "Welcome to Telstra," and I'm with Boost. I'm not with Telstra. Okay, so <clears throat> how often do you check your voicemail? I don't use voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that sounds. The girl in the shop was just like, she was serving me, and I was like, "Oh man, I am so glad I do not work in customer-facing jobs anymore because." You just see the their brains are just ready to explode. Like, how can you get this person to understand that it's the same company and that's why they're just using the same voices? Yes, it's. Um, I wanted to stop saying Telstra. I wanted to say Boost. We, we can't do that, man. <laughs> but you don't check your voicemail, so you'll never hear it anyway. No, but I don't want it to say Telstra. And if anyone from Telstra is listening, you give me give me hundred bucks back. You still owe me for the last two years. Yeah, I've literally <laughs> rung every month for two years trying to get my hundred dollars credit back. They still won't do it. Nope. What the hell? I've been into the store. I've had a case manager assigned. Still doesn't happen. Jeez. Uh, they are completely and the hundred dollars they took was off contract i'd cancelled my contract and cancelled the service and that was the next two billing cycles before it stopped auto deducting out of my account that's ridiculous and that only happened because i told the bank to stop it yep so from taking money out was not impressed it's in um fortitude valley what's that moose mobile okay I wonder if they moved into the old uh, AAP2 building I used to support up there. Probably. That'd be hilarious if it's the same thing. Well, I know the AAP2 building um, is a call center, like one of those telemarketing call centers. Oh, okay. They switched over that. Yeah. Well, at least some of it is because I had to go there and do some stuff for them one day. Yeah. That was fun. What do you got for a son? What have I got? Well, I have an incredibly confusing rule change that um the government because you know why not because government that's why um have decided to impose upon people now go back to what pre-2000 ish and the dot-com thing was starting to take off and then the dot-com.au specifically countries in general whether it was au eu whatever uh in specific had start to come about 
And part of the regulation back then was that you had to be, um, to be a dot com, you had to be a commercial business, which is the dot com, yep. and then to be a dot au, you had to be an Australian commercial business. So the dot com dot au domains were very hard to get unless you're a business and you met the criteria. Yeah, they have an um, RBN or an ABN. Yeah, and you know, then the .orgs and you know they're all different, different things. But primarily, at the end of the day, the .au was the the kicker, and that was you had to be Australian. At some point between 2000 and 2020, apparently that's no longer a thing, and anybody can have a .au, or, or actually you can have a .com .au. You don't need to be a business to have a .com anymore. You can... Yeah, I, I work for any spam company, and at the moment we've got hundreds and hundreds of .com.au, with, and they're like 30-character-long domain names with just random characters. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. There's, there's no, oh, back in the day you had to say, you know, Bob and Tony's auto parts had to be called Bob and Tony's auto parts.com.au. You couldn't have B&T auto parts or... Bob and Tony AP.com.au. It had mm. to actually have your company name and stuff in there. They were super, super strict. Yeah. I remember going through this to try and get some for a company I was working for. And so at some point they dropped that thing. So that's not a thing anymore, you know. Um, and I mean, I've had my WilliamTomkinson.com for forever since not pre 95 anyway. Um, I don't know when I actually got it. I know it was before. I know it was before '95, um, but even then, I had to falsify an a, a, a was it a business uh, was it Australian called? business number. Yeah, was it ACN? I think it was before business numbers were a thing. Oh, company number. Yeah, but anyway, back yep. then I had to fake one of those to get it. <laughs> but anyway, I got that. But then, at some point in the last few years, they've let all these restrictions lapse, and not only has .coms thanks to GoDaddy probably started the whole thing. .com become eligible for anybody, but then .com.au become eligible for anybody, and .org. And the same restrictions have been lifted across orgs. Across the only ones I think they've sort of kept to is uh, EDUs and GOVs. They seem to and be ID.au. They seem to be pretty specific. Um, but you know, ID.au has to be a personal one. Yeah. Um, but your dot coms, your dot nets, your dot or they've got they've got one here listed ASN. I don't even know what that is. Um, but apparently they've pretty much been free reign for the last few years. So they've gone, hey, guess what? We're going to make a law that we've already made, but we're going to make another one because the last one didn't work to say that you now have to be an Australian registered business to have a dot com dot au. So and they've I, I can't find it on this particular document on the other one I was reading it actually said they've invested something like uh, 285,000 or something um, dollars into making this a reality <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, it was really a thing like, you didn't need to do anything except make domain hosts enforce that rule like if, <laughs> you know it's, like, it, it's already it's been there forever as of June 30th, 2020, the total number of domains under management by AUDA, which isn't all of the Australian domains, but it's they they, they do the majority of them, yep. was 3,180,395, encompassing the namespaces in au.au, which includes .com, .net, .org, uh, .asn, 
.id.gov.edu.vic.newsouthwales.act.queensland.nt.wa.sa and TAS. Which I didn't even know was a thing. I have never heard, other than like .edu.qld.au or .gov.q. I've heard of that. But in terms of, you know, fredsworkshop.qld.au com.au or com.qld I've never heard that I don't even know how no. I don't even know how that would work is that okay it's dot and now they've got dot Sydney and dot Melbourne <laughs> and uh, so yeah it's um I don't really uh, it's just further proof that the government has no concept of what the internet is but not only do they not understand it and not know anything about it they continually prove that they don't want to know anything about it it's not see how we can screw it up more (laughs) it's not even a matter of oh we're just ignorant it's like we're ignorant of the fact we know we're ignorant of the fact and we're going to stay ignorant of the fact regardless of what you tell us like it's (laughs) it's actually a deliberate move at this point just to be dumb (laughs) yeah yeah you know um and then a semi-related article is there's a an article I was reading about um, Jeff Hudson, um, who is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he basically played a critical role in bringing the internet to Australia in the nineties. Um, while the internet was still in its infancy in the US, he was able to complete the construction of a new and rapidly growing network in a few months. But uh, on Thursday, Hudson apologised. The internet is now busted, and to be perfectly frank, it's totally unclear how we can fix it. We can't make it better, he said. Um, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I actually want to apologise for my small part in this mess and find ourselves because it's turned out so horrendously bad. <laughs> so this is a guy who. Or bought- him and Tim Berners Lee <laughs> taking the hit for all the crap that's going on. It's not their fault. Just everyone's taken their brilliant ideas and screwed them around and stuffed them up and then jammed them back in the internet. He's gone on record as calling the internet traffic routing system a screaming car wreck. Failing to secure <laughs> the domain name system is a savage of savage ignorance. Like, he just, he hates the fact that he's brought the internet to this country. Like, we've destroyed it so badly that even the guy who bought it here, um, and he, he calls himself an optimist, but like he's like, I can't... <laughs> There's nothing I can see that's going to come good of this. <laughs> it's like, we're not dealing with a data problem. We're not dealing with a privacy problem. We're dealing with a social issue. We're dealing with people. Yeah. You can't <laughs> we, fix people. No. You know, uh, if we forget people, humanity, dignity, respect, freedom, and all those other wonderful words, then we're not heading in the right direction. We'll use technology to get there, but technology itself isn't the solution. No. You know, so it's like, yeah. So that must be telling you that something's not right in the... <laughs> In the internet. So. Oh, jeez. So you know how they had Snapchat, which would have disappearing messages? It's like the whole point of Snapchat. Oh, after a while, they time out, yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, Instagram can do that. And now Twitter is globally launching tweets that disappear after 24 hours, similar to the stories feature as popular on Snapchat and Facebook show, photo sharing app Instagram. Well, they've been doing that with Trump's pretty... tweets for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all gone to parlor now. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Twitter has previously announced its plan for these ephemeral tweets dubbed fleets. Huh? What a cool name. It's like a fleeting moment because fleets. Yeah. You want to do a fleet right now? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And tested <laughs> the feature in Brazil, Italy, India, and South Korea. 
Some of you tell us that tweeting is uncomfortable because it feels so public. That's. <laughs> Do you know what the whole point of Twitter is? <laughs> right. So we're going to make you could you could post something dumb. Oh, this is this is for those party people who go out and get drunk and do drugs and then they go for a job interview and the boss is like, well, we checked out your Twitter account. You ain't working here, sunshine. Mm, pretty much. So now you can post those embarrassing things and they'll just go away as long as you remember to only tweet as a fleet. Because if you do it as a normal tweet, it's still going to be there. And if you're drunken on drugs, then you're still going to tweet it instead of fleet it. And I don't think it's going to help. It it's feels like the, so public. Eh? It's like the drunk email option in Gmail. Yeah, you can retrieve it. No, you can set your you can set it so that after a certain time, oh, it doesn't go. No, it does, but you set it so after a certain time, like not, like seven o'clock at night, for example, you can set drunk mode so that you have to answer an ever increasing series of harder math questions before you can. Send oh, it. that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like the ones they got in um, Outlook where you can recall one, but it only works in your company's server and yeah. then they often get a notification saying this, this message from so-and-so was recalled and you're like well what's going on there and, yeah. and uh so public and so permanent and like there's so much pressure to rack up retweets and likes designer director joshua harrison product manager sam haverson said in a blog post because they disappear from view after a day fleets help people feel more comfortable sharing personal and casual thoughts opinions and feelings Fleets, which include text, photos, and videos, will be available at the top of the user's home timeline in Twitter and on the sender's profile. Twitter and other major social media companies are under pressure to better police abuses and viral misinformation on their sites. Twitter spokesman Liz Kelly said fleets are subject to the same rules as tweets. She also added that warnings or labels which Twitter has started applying to content such as manipulated media and misinformation about <laughs> civic processes Sorry. or COVID-19 sure applied to fleets. Twitter also <laughs> informed it was working on a live audio feature called Dubbed Spaces that aims to test later this year. The feature will allow users to talk in public group conversations. It has similarities with Clubhouse, a social platform which users are invited to talk in voice chat rooms. And so it's, so it's, well. it's like Periscope without the video. Or TikTok. Hey, there's an idea. Let's start a show. <laughs> oh, wait. Vine. <laughs> yeah. Even, yeah, uh, talk, was it Talk Shoe was another one? Or Discord. There way, you go. They're like, we've got this thing, Vine. People are making tons of viral stuff. It's brilliant. Everyone's having fun. But it's not a, a reliable, usable platform that people are going to keep on. So we'll shut it down. TikTok jumps up, does exactly the same thing. Well, look at Periscope. Why'd you shut down Vine then? Because there's obviously a need for it. The same as Periscope. Yeah. It was a live video streaming service that you could interact with the viewers. It was yeah. pre-Facebook and pre-YouTube Live and all that. And then suddenly it, instead of, it's gone. Yeah. Well, it's actually still around, but nobody uses it. Like I don't know. No. <laughs> The other one's actually shut down. It's like, well, again, it's mm. obvious that it was needed. So, but half the, time it, the void. half the time that the people that rehash it are people that were involved in the last one that shut down anyway. The first place. <laughs> so, speaking of rehashes. Yep. And WhatsApp. Well, yeah, speaking of rehashes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple of interesting movie remakes. There's not. I've got a couple of text stories as well, but I just happened to think about these 
Because you posted the one on uh, Short Circuit. Number five is alive. So apparently they're remaking Short Circuit now. Not rebooting it. No, no, remaking apparently. Um, So that's going to be interesting. It can't be the same. I mean, I I know it was said they only made one movie called The Matrix and two Terminator movies. (laughs) Pretty much. Um. But yeah, so they're, they're supposed to be doing that. Um, they, I, I don't know. Spyglass and Project X are involved, so it's probably going to be Latinized because everything they make is. Um, they're also currently the same two that are currently making this are currently making a reboot of Scream. So you know, there's that. <laughs> Um, Scream, which was a piss take on horror <laughs> movies, which was movie. also <laughs> piss taken again later with what was that ne- other one? No, not about. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, another one. But yeah, so there's that. But they reckon that um, Courtney Cox is he's appearing in the Scream reboot, by the way, reprising her oh. role as a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that. Um, Mel Gibson confirms Lethal Weapon 5 is being worked on currently. Because we got no new ideas anymore. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's funny, you know, a lot of people I talk to diss the TV series Lethal Weapon. Do they? A lot of people don't it. like it. Um, it's worth it? Look, as long as you don't compare... You, you can compare it... You just enjoy it as a show. No, you can compare the style of it to the movies as long as you don't compare the actors and the actors abilities to the movies because they're different actors different people different talents um but the concept of the series was very well integrated with the principle of the movies so there was it was a good crossover there and i quite enjoyed them um, you say the MacGyver reboot was i good love too. the MacGyver. it is fantastic i'm a huge fan of it it did honestly take me two or three episodes to alter my my mindset to the the fact that it's a new one but it's so well done that it it okay it's called macgyver but it doesn't necessarily have to be it could be us it could stand on its own two feet quite comfortably as a good series um but it definitely lives up to the, what it what it's trying to be. They did a really good job on that reboot, um, and it's the same with the Lethal Weapon TV series. But so it's going to be interesting that they're going to do this now. Mel Gibson is uh, sixty four and Danny Glover is seventy four. Yeah. Um, uh, Donna um, turns ninety one in a few months. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they're always saying they're too old for the shit in the earlier ones, so what are they going to do now? I'm sure I retired. I'm only two days from retirement. <laughs> I'm going to assume that it's going to be more focused around like their kids and stuff. All right. I would guess, given that they all had kids at the end of it, so it would make sense that, you know, that's what it's going to be. But um, I know my dad will be happy. He's got all the DVDs. DVD. DVDs, man. Old D- school. D- what, what? DVD. Right? <laughs> Sounds like something you got to go to the doctor for. I was going to say, haven't they got a cream for that? Yes, and it's really cold. 
<laughs> I mean, what? Huh? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's definitely now that we're all back and allowed to be alive in the real world and exist by ourselves, let's remake everything. Yeah. Because. Go back to the beginning. We haven't had time to think of anything for ourselves. Oh, we're sitting at home twiddling our thumbs. I mean, even the remake or the reboot of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And so, you know, there's... Anyway. <laughs> Tim McNerney is the project leader at 4004.com, a site commemorating Intel's original 4004 processor. He's also a long-time Slashdot reader McPublic and shares news of new open-source adapter... <laughs> I like Plus that, mate. A great, you like that? <laughs> That's a great moment in chip history. Even though Intel debuted its groundbreaking 404 on November 15th, 1971, 49 years ago, in the page of Electronic News, there's something about Intel's very first microprocessor that keeps inspiring engineers to pay tribute to this historic chip. Turkish iPhone engineer Ertürk Okular, <clears throat> now at Google, and the force between behind 8bitforce.com, just added this 4-bit granddaddy to his open source lineup of 8-bit retro shields. These elegant little adapters let you score your favorite vintage microprocessor on eBay and actually play around with it without having to wire up a multi-chip memory and the peripherals needed to make your little engine jolly fun. An Arduino emulates the rest of the system for you in software and lets you program and poke at your relic via USB from the comfort of a modern laptop. Before FPGAs and yes, even before electronic CAD, there was a tradition of emulating hardware using software. In fact, it is central to the 4004 Genesis story. Busycom, a Japanese maker of mechanical adding machines, had designed its own electronic calculator chipset and eagerly approached the now famous Silicon Valley chip maker to manufacture it. Back in 1969, Intel was just a tiny startup hoping to obsolete core memory with commodity semiconductors, and they didn't have extra logic designers on staff but Intel did have a prescient counter-proposal. We'll build you a general-purpose computer on a chip and emulate your custom calculator architecture using a ROM-conserving bytecode interpreter. Buzzycom agreed, and Intel managed to hire Italian superstar Federico Fagan away from Fairchild to create a novel compute custom, customer-programmable microprocessor, which later in 1975, German mechanical taximeter maker Argo Kainzel would go on to launch the world's first electronic taxi meter. Saying so see a pattern of progress in everyday automation. The photo schematics, mask, artwork, code, graphic simulations, more history, and the findings of a dedicated team of digital archaeologists. Visit 4004.com. I was just looking at the um, looking at the chip. Clock rate, 740 to 750 kilohertz. Kilohertz! Wow. Even my VZ was like 3.54 megahertz. <laughs> Z80, son. Kilohertz is like, um, what, isn't radio, isn't FM spectrum in kilohertz? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty it's sure So long as it's I had to do with radio stuff. I'm pretty sure like one, you know, B105 and stuff, I'm pretty sure it's 105 kilohertz. So that's, so you, I'm, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, so you're pretty low in the frequency range there. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, a hertz is a cycle per second. So 750 kilohertz is 750,000 cycles per second, which sounds like a lot in human time. But in computer time, that's 
There's not much at all. Um, now we're doing gigahertz and we actually hit a wall doing gigahertz like four, so they ended up having to do multi-core and stuff to try and cope with not being able to go faster. Well, to give you an idea, the XT, which was, I guess, the first PC, the first sort of consumer variation of a, of a computer, was 4.77 megahertz. So, Commodore sixty four was only one megahertz, but it did fabulous stuff. Mm. But <clears throat> I mean, back then you weren't really limited. The speed wasn't the limiting issue so mm. much as the memory and the, the 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 power behind that speed. Like the speed by itself isn't you know. And this yeah, was a, have billions and billions of transistors. So this is only a four bit too. So it's 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 four bits at seven hundred kilohertz so it's really <laughs> and when you consider sending is one bit and receiving is another bit yep. and then the rest between those is another bit it's really only got one bit of processing power to play with Not so it sends the information it thinks about it and then receives it it, it doesn't have a lot of free cycles in there just <laughs> you got the 404.com website to show uh no i don't i no. tried to load it and it crashed my browser uh, dang so that's a not their fault that's a browser error fault oh, yeah. for some bizarre reason um it's chrome's just been picky which pages it wants to load lately we'll do 8bitforce.com that's the not other really. one i did have the um wiki oh here we go let's come, let's come up this time let me swap to here so this is the um, the site here. It's actually, I mean, you can see it's, it's, you can actually see everything. Wait, all the it's as old as me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually, I'm old. older than it because it was born in November. I was born in March. Yeah. I'm older than the 4004. It's, um, it's an interesting, interesting bit of kit. Uh, so I can't make it come across anymore, but yeah, the website actually is quite a, nicely laid out website actually it's got community stuff on there and let's see cool downloads uh, <laughs> let's see you can up, you can download some emulators some replicators some simulators a schematics you won't get a schematics for a CPU these days I tell you no <laughs> there's a lot of people who are very excited about Pico 8 have you seen that yeah that looks cool Pico 8 and Pi game, making games with Python in Pi game, but Pico 8, really, really popular for some reason. It's like another computer operating system for gaming on your computer, but mostly for retro, like 8-bit style yeah, graphics and stuff, but more powerful. But I have to read more about it, and you've gone blurry again, too. Uh, that's just me. Camera. <laughs> I'm just doing the Casper thing. Oh, you're, you're like that guy on the um, news reports who's uh, dobbing in the boss or something, whistleblower. <laughs> we'll just blur out your face there. People won't know who you are. So, yeah, the Pico, it's a virtual machine um, credited by created by Lexel. Lex Luthor? Le, Le, Lexel Offal. Lexel Lex, Lex, Offal. Yeah, Lexel Offal. Yep. Um, designed to mimic a fantasy video game console coding accomplished through Lua-based environment. 
create sound sprites, mobs, games, etc. It's available on all Raspberry Pis. Yeah, and they got they got a um, gaming app store where you can get your games from. They're all free on there, but you can put them up on Itch.io or something and sell them. I think. Yeah, and it comes with um, like there's in popular. different engines and assets and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I have heard of it. Um, apparently, Ben's doing a lot of um, pie game tutorials at the moment too. Well, there's a there's one on YouTube as well. A guy who actually shows you how to make a handheld a handheld pie uh, console. Well, like oh, all right, like the one you've got, but a pie version of that. Yep, yep. To play specifically this sort of stuff. Nice. Um. You probably get a Pi emulator to download for mine as well. Oh, most likely, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. It's... There's emulators for emulators these days. <laughs> and why not? Yeah, all right. Um. All right. So everyone needs to know this because it's been such a brilliant year and everybody's creative juices have been flowing while they've been Ready? locked up inside and, you know, there's nothing better they could possibly be doing. So... Let's look at the worst passwords of 2020. The short answer is... They're all crap. We're just as lazy as ever. If you uh, didn't have to change your dumb <laughs> password every three months, businesses, yeah, it know, doesn't right? matter. Don't pit, make people pick random characters and crap and numbers and uppercase and lowercase. And the length of it is what matters these days, not... The combinations com- supercomputers can do them in fraction of a second. Get a bunch of PlayStation fours that are going to be going cheap now. The fives out. Yeah. Network them all together with a Beowulf cluster or something, and they'll be cracking things in no time. Even if you're like, oh, we told them that they had to do ten characters with uppercase, lowercase, one special character, pi to four decimal places, and some Greek alphabet. It doesn't help. All you need to do is give all of your staff a... Uh, where is it? It's here somewhere. I've got one sitting right here somewhere. Give all of your staff a um, a swipe card that they just either wear on your watch. It's a little chip. It's the size of a SIM ca- um, a micro SD card. Fully programmable. Own unique code. You can either have it on your key ring or you can just wear it on your... On your Fitbit, a lot of devices that already have the uh, uh, near-field communication chips in them can read that and reprogram and spit that out on on requirement. Um, It's a 10-cent part, and the readers aren't much dearer. The USB readers that can go into every every USB port and every computer. And it's a 10-second implementation on the security features. Yep. And no one ever needs to worry about a password again. Yeah. So, and test your uh, geek cred here. In Hackers, which, as we remember, is a 1995 film, what were the four most commonly used passwords? Uh, love, sex, God. What was the last one? I don't know, last one now. Love, sex, secret, and God. Ah, uh, secret. So, according to hackers, that was the four most commonly used passwords in 95. In reality, actually not so wrong. Um, in 2000 and... Uh, where are we? In 2015, the two most commonly used passwords was password and 12345 
So fast forward five years, after analysing the best part of 276 million passwords leaked during the breaches, mind you, Nord and their various partners found the most common passwords. Um, it could take most competent hackers less than two seconds to break. Yeah. Only 44% of all those recorded passwords were considered unique. Not difficult, just unique. So, the finding the most popular opinions were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Oh, that's better. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Password and picture 1. Where's picture 1 come from? With the exception of picture 1, which would take approximately three hours to decipher using brute force attack. Each password would take seconds using a dictionary script or a brute force or human guesswork. Yep. As one of the entrants in the 200 strong list describes the state of affairs when it comes to password security, whatever seems to many of us are still reluctant to use strong and difficult to crack passwords. And instead, we're going for options including a football, I love you, let me in, and Pokemon. Uh, so here's the top 10 in, in, in order. So number one coming in with two hundred and uh, two and a half million. So ten percent of the passwords that leaked. The number one password: one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. So the second most common password was one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. Picture one was third. Password was fourth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight was fifth. One, 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 one was sixth. One two three one two three was seven. One two three four five was eight. This one's unique. One two three four five six seven eight nine zero was ninth. Oh. And what the heck is ten? Senna. S E N H A. Why? <laughs> Randomly that was number ten. Uh it's probably a movie or a, a character in something I'm not aware of. Um but then there's the time to crack section, which which tells you how long it takes to crack those passwords. The longest one was picture one at three hours. Uh, the English translation of the word center is password. <laughs> right. So everything else in that list, except center, which would take 10 seconds, everything else takes less than a second to... Uh, Jeez. To, to break. Um, <laughs> so, if any of those are your passwords, I don't feel sorry for exposing them. Deal with it. <laughs> Do something about it. You're um, so secure. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> but what's funny, for example, position one, which was one, two, three, four, five, six, has two and a half million users using that password, approximately 10%, because we said that there was... Well, how many was there? There was... Uh, no. It'd be 1%, because there's 270... 270 million broken so 1% but that 2.5 million people who use that password their password was exposed 24 million times so potentially 5 times per person per site that password was exposed <laughs> so <laughs> it's entirely possible that 5 different people that person was hacked by 5 entirely separate people at some point 
So, yeah. Um, the only other thing that comes to mind is if you've ever seen... Uh, um, oh, really? Um, the movie with the guy and the Oh, the movie the with thing. the guy. Wow, Spaceballs. Ah, yep. Uh, it kind of reminds me That's of... That's the password on my combination <laughs> of my luggage. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that whole deal where they're reading out the password. And what kind of idiot would have that? Yeah, that that's literally what it reminded me of, you know. Uh, it's, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm guilty of using half a dozen variations of the same password, but the original password I'm using is not a basic password in the first you know like it's yeah. a complicated password and i'm using four or five variations of it so if you if you crack one variation chances are you'll get the rest of them but it's not a simple thing to break in the first place but when you're using such a basic password that literally like it specifically says on the website do not use sequential numbers or letters do not you <laughs> you know like they're not checking are they you know yeah the uh <laughs> What's the combination? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. That's amazing. I've got the same combination on my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, that. I mean, that was a Mel Brooks skit from, what, 70s? 70s early 80s? Yeah. And he called it back then. I mean, come on, people. Get your and he's together. not really a technology <laughs> guy, you wouldn't think, would you? Especially not back then. I mean, uh, you know, it's just like, come on. So anyway, I just thought that was funny that, yeah, there is a country breakdown. I, I won't tell you who's got the worst. It's, it's never going to change. It's it's not. I really understand. We need better systems. I really understand why two-factor authentication is pushed so heavily. <laughs> I, I hate it. But it doesn't work all it, the time either. It doesn't, and more often than not, it causes more problems Every single day it takes me about a minimum of four times to log into my work account. I've got one of those little RSA type doobies. Yeah. It has six digits that are different every minute. Yeah. Type in my password. I can open up a notepad, close my eyes and type in my password by hand because I'm a touch typist and get it right 10 times. Mm. Try and type it into a form. It says, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, I did it here. Yeah. I know it's right. And I type slow and then I type in the six digits. No, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. Fourth time. Oh, yeah. We'll let you in now. Like, yeah. Or I was trying to get into my Audible account last night because I haven't been in it for years. Yep. And it said, your username or password is incorrect. <laughs> well, which one is it? Is which it my one? username or my password? Help. And then you go, <laughs> click here to prove you're not a robot. Fine. So I click here. Enter the tech, enter the capture text, which is literally impossible to see because it was black text on dark grey background with hashes running through it. So okay, click on the audio one. So I clicked on the audio one, which with earphones was slightly more manageable than the text. <laughs> and I had to do this about ten times because I didn't know if it was my username or my password that was the problem. <laughs> It literally don't help you much. It took me nearly an hour to log into Audible. 
shouldn't be this difficult. <laughs> it's, it's not so, I, I get you want security, but it's audible. What's going to happen? Someone's going to listen to my book? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. There's a, there's a time yeah. and a place for security, <laughs> and that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> The Radiophonic Workshop has always broken new Sonic Ground from the Doctor Who theme to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now they're at it again, this time using the internet as a musical instrument. The band includes composers from the original BBC Radiophonic Workshop, which created soundtracks for most BBC shows from the 60s to the 90s and influenced generations of musicians from Paul McCartney, Pink Floyd and Mike Oldfield to Aphex Twin, Orbital and Mary Epworth. A performance of a latency will take place at a special online event on the 22nd of November using a technique inspired by lockdown Zoom calls. The internet has an unpredictable natural lag or latency caused by the milliseconds it takes for electrical signals from one computer to reach another, as anyone using Zoom has experienced. <laughs> the trick that Bob Earland and Paddy Kingsland discovered was that they could extend the internet's delay from a few milliseconds into several seconds. Instead of trying to play them at the same time, the Radiophonic Workshop will play one after the other in sequence rather than in parallel. We had the bright idea of using that latency to make a loop of music. A sound gets sent to someone and then they add to it and it keeps going around. So you're not relying on everyone being on the same clock. Workshop, me workshop member Peter Howell, who's also a lecturer in film and TV music, said, it does feel like live playing. It's just that every person has a little bubble of time in which they're playing live. The performance comes the day before 23rd of November, the anniversary of the first transmission of Doctor Who in 1963, which is also Delia Derbyshire Day in honour of Radiophonic Workshop's leading light, who created the sound of the show's famous theme tune. I'm going to turn yeah, the internet into a musical instrument. I can... I get it. That's going to be a hell of a lot of... Hmm. Because now you're not only relying on a program latency that you've put in, you're still relying, well, you're not real, yeah, you're now introduced lag, but the problem, that's managed, okay, you're going to give everybody a three second lag, for example, that's fine, but there's still lag to that person, so the latency is still going to be there, you're still going to get offbeat. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, obviously, It'll they know what they're doing. I don't know yeah. what they're doing. But, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's an interesting... I've seen a lot of people use um, Zoom for getting supporters and stuff to pitch in for videos and music videos and stuff, and they just resync it all through editing. Yep. Don't know. Have to wait and see. Um, but speaking of... Doctor Who, because you were somewhat. Who? Doctor Who will no longer use a police box for the TARDIS. Huh. What the what? Thought you'd enjoy that. I'm just going to leave it. What's the point that. of it? <laughs> the TARDIS has been one of the more defining symbols of the Doctor Who franchise. Well, I, mean, I suppose. It's the symbol of it. Yes. <laughs> one of the most defining. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um,. For over half a century, it's become so iconic that it's actually eclipsed its original inspiration, a 1960s London police box, and become a more associated with a Doctor Who than police. However, in a few, however, if the new rumours to be believed, the police box exterior could be getting put into the pasture. 
Um, the YouTube anole at the TARDIS Zone official YouTube channel has detailed that a number of rumours and speculations about the newest stories of Doctor Who, and among those is a rumour the TARDIS famous police box visage is under threat due to how the police are perceived with the public. Exactly how and where YouTube and all acquired this information is a bit unclear, not to mention the TARDIS as the official YouTube channel describes itself as a Doctor Who fan is against the new direction of the show, so it's worth taking this rumour with more than a grain of salt. But it's not the only one. There's a few other people who have done it. Um, and I have heard similar rumours that, yeah, they're looking at doing away with the... Well, not with the TARDIS. They're just... You know that transponder thingy that's been broken forever so we can't change, transform it back into whatever things million circuit yeah that's the one i don't know i know <laughs> of it i just don't know what it's, it's a me and glenn show yeah but so apparently they've fixed that now because mm. ah, so it can turn into other things all these I don't know if i had read the next paragraph down the chameleon circuit that changed it <laughs> um but I'm, yeah so apparently they've fix this thing even though they've been capable of time travel and could potentially have fixed it previously if they can fix it now they would have fixed it in the past which because they, went to the they didn't want future. to he kind of got used to it michael i think um i mean it's an easy set to move around <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's only this big <laughs> as far as sets go it's easy to move <laughs> it's great for location shooting they can just stick it there and put somebody next to it and there's a shot done yeah half the time you probably only just need the front bit right yeah it's, you don't aim the camera around the side no, you it's just actually shoot. just three walls the back wall is nothing there it's just the, the, the three walls i believe it probably is yeah, <laughs> yeah it probably is so but uh yeah so that'll be interesting i'm, I'm i mean i'm not what you call you know i'm not i don't geek out on doctor who i watched a lot of them i know a lot of the stuff about them yeah and i I don't mind it and i quite enjoy sitting down and watching it and even i'm aware that that is the number one like center point of the show like if you change that every storyline you've created in the last 50 years is null and void because (laughs) (laughs) we're relying on that you've just changed the main you've just changed the center point of the story there's your main plot device. You just hook it out the window. You know, the fact you can fit Chris Chibnall, you got a lot to answer for, son. The fact that you can fit fourteen thousand people inside it is irrelevant. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think part of it too, but that's the same thing. You look at Superman. Um, you haven't seen a phone box in the last twenty years because nobody knows what a phone box is anymore. Yeah, and I I wonder right. if it's a similar sort of principle with that as well. They don't know. I mean, who? What's a police box? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, is it where the police, well, it was you know, take British a leak? Thing, or really, it, wasn't it? Oh, it was, really was. Yeah. But I mean, most people had a concept of what it was, you know. And now, people don't people don't know what a phone box is. Not going to have a clue what a police box was. No, no. <laughs> you know? Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, twitter.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, and youtube.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Also now at patreon.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Sign up for $4 a month, $10 a month, all from several other tiers. See the site for details. And coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Yeah, sure it is. Make a, one- <laughs> Make a one-off donation of any size. Email us, Glenn, Will, or Warlock at AussieTechHeads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on AussieTechRadio.com, 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows are added each Friday. 
And we'll probably see you in a couple of weeks. Glenn might actually turn up next week. Yeah, no promises. So he says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging around. We'll catch you later. Yeah.